It's time for Dirt and Sprague. All of a sudden, I, one week, nobody had anything down there. It's a new world. I was born too, uh, too early. I've never been a fan of the bush, to be honest. Really? With Andy Dirt Johnson. I'm going to need some pliers and a uh, set of 30-weight ball bearings. What the hell you need ball bearings for? Oh, come on, guys. It's so simple. Maybe you need a refresher course. It's all ball bearings nowadays. And Brendan Sprague. Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear short pants, if you know what I mean. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos that will be a home run, and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. Good morning, happy Monday. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Get that coffee in your system. Get it flowing. It's a nice, smooth Monday morning for you as we're here. Your morning degenerates to talk about all the things that you saw in sports this weekend. Hello. Including the Blazers. Do you know the Blazers played? They did. They played. Yeah. yeah. They played a game. <clears throat> that was. They were down 30-7. to seven. They, they were. Down, yeah. Yeah. Not, not they were down 30-7 to seven to a team that is openly shopping every player on their team. <laughs> Should have just trade jerseys at halftime. Is that possible? Can we just do that? You guys go to that locker room. We'll take these guys. Let's play a swapsies here. Okay? Take that guy. We'll get that guy. <laughs> Shirts and skins. I don't know if we'll get to that today, but I put a poll question up. Where are you at on Chaunce? Oh, Chaunce. Ah, Chaunce Bellups. Things are going great, Bob. Yeah. Things are going great. Last 10 games, Portland has the fourth best offense in the league and the second worst defense. So, Terry Stotts. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we fired? Yeah. Didn't we have a fire coach for doing that? It, Wasn't is. That the, it, was, yeah. it was all his fault, remember? Um, it was that was his was thing. A subsect yeah. of Blazers Twitter uh, was like, Stotts has to go. Yeah, it's gonna fix everything. Terry Stotts is gonna fix everything. And when you asked him who they wanted instead, they had no response. Just like, okay, we're firing a guy for God knows what. How about a guy with one year coaching experience who's buddies with Neil? That's who I want to be my next uh, one year coach. assistant coaching <laughs> experience. Equivalency. Okay. okay. Equivalency. Uh, so Chris Jones last night. Was double teamed on over 70% of the snaps he played. He still ended up with two sacks, eight pressures. Of those eight pressures, he had three sacks on those plays, five in com- or two by himself, three yeah, total three sacks by the total, team, yeah. five incompletions, and not a single positive yard was generated by the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris Jones was a madman. <laughs> and I know Mahomes in the ankle and the Kelsey sound bites, which we got, and we'll get to all that stuff, is it talked about. Chris Jones was the best player on the field last night. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. Who are you countering with? The I, way you I, said that ooh thing. I thought Patrick Mahomes was incredible. Okay, well. I did. I, for what he, for the, not having the ability to move, and then eventually you're down at the end of the game with, like, one guy to throw the football to because they had all the injuries at wide receiver that kind of piled up. Tony going down. If Hardman it, got hurt. Hardman got hurt, so you're losing your speed guys. I mean, MVS had a, had a great game, big-time game, had a couple of really nice catches. But to lose wide receivers, to not have the ability to move, and then, oh, by the way, your number one running back had 10 carries for 26 yards, averaging 2.6 yards per carry for a long of six. He had no help from the run game. And he even had a weird fluky play where the ball slipped out of his hand that felt like, oh, my God, that's going to be your back-breaking moment. I thought what he did on one leg, it was a – unfortunately, Romo slipped in the Clyde Drexler shot at us that came out across the bow, like just catching strays out here. 
but I think it was a reminder to everybody, if you had any doubt, that that's, that's the best quarterback in the NFL. I had to watch about an hour of the second half because I was doing a gambling show on mute. What did Romo say about Clyde Drexler? He said that when Drexler got to the NBA Finals, it was the whole thing. of Jordan took it personally when they said that Drexler was on his level. Okay. When Kansas Thank City you. scored to go up 20-13, to 13, that was his, you know, Mahomes taking this personal. That yeah. he's, you know, that you were comparing other quarterbacks to him, and he's out trying to prove a point. No. Nobody's comparable to me. I, you know, I, I I have a lot of respect. I was wowed at certain moments of Mahomes. I actually thought he was more mobile than I was expecting. Yeah, he moved okay. That's Not why right. I say the Chris Jones thing. Like, he was able to extend plays when he needed to. He didn't do it often, but he was able to, even though he'd come up gimpy. Whereas, like, Chris Jones was just... Boy, made the buff made you question the Buffalo Bills a lot. Watching Chris Jones play football, we were like, that dude is wrecking their, their tackle... And anybody else that comes and helps him, and he's single-handedly getting pressure on Joe Burrow this whole game. <laughs> I'm just glad that at least the take that I had finally proved to be right. Not having three of your starting offensive linemen should be an issue. And somehow against Buffalo, it wasn't an issue. What and an I, indictment of Buffalo. I couldn't wrap my head around that watching that game. To that bad defensively <laughs> with that offensive line. It made no sense. Like, Baltimore gave him troubles. Like, they have three starting offensive linemen out. You're not supposed to be able to overcome that. I know Cincinnati made the Super Bowl without having an offensive line last year, so I guess you can make the argument that they – and, hell, they were a player two away from doing it again yesterday with an offensive line that was atrocious. They couldn't keep Burrow upright. He had very little time to throw. He was sacked five times. It could have been more than that. That. Um, he, he was under siege the entire game, and it just I felt like all last week we were all focusing on Mahomes' ankle, Mahomes' ankle, Mahomes' ankle, and I get it. He's mobile. But one of the good points that I thought Romo actually said was from time to time he can get a little happy with his feet, and he leaves the pocket in plays where he doesn't necessarily need to. He just does it because he can, and he's so damn good. And having that injury is going to force you to go through your reads in the pocket and maybe makes him settle down a little bit. That was a good point from Romo, uh, but we focus so much on Mahomes' ankle. I think a lot of folks forgot that, oh, that's right, just because Buffalo has a horrible defensive line, we shouldn't forget that you're playing without three of your five starting offensive linemen, and that is very difficult to do. Well, one of the big narratives that we heard all week um, was Burrowhead. And the Bengals at the end of the divisional round were caught on the camera in Buffalo saying, we'll see y'all on Burrowhead. And everybody jokingly ran with it because it's, it's catchy. It sounds just like Arrowhead, and it's Joe Burrow, and they were 3-0 and against the Chiefs. The Chiefs heard this. They did. They also heard a mayor of Cincinnati, which this came out on Friday after our show. Who's your daddy? Where yeah, he basically <laughs> said, we're going to file a paternity test because we are homes. I can appreciate the trash talk. That guy's getting dragged. I can appreciate it. Well, they didn't like the Burrowhead thing. Yeah. So here's two clips of audio. Here is the madman himself, Chris Jones, who was the best player in the game, in my opinion. Here is him. He's immediately following the game on the field talking about uh, the disrespect that they heard. I'm not letting my emotions all about it all throughout the week. There's a lot of talking going on. I don't, I'm not really much of a talker. Um, it's a full circle, 360, man. Um, these are moments I prepared for all offseason. I dedicated my offseason to this moment last year when I missed two sacks to end the game, and I put it up on myself. This game, we're going to end it up front, and that's what we did. We got a resilient group in our room, so I put the D-line, and these guys fall through all night, man. The last thing you said to us when you walked off the podium here at Arrowhead was everybody enjoy Burrowhead. Did that motivate you all week? Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, 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 and I'm looking at the camera when I said this, disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. 
Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. And Z E H A! I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you one more about what your quarterback did to say. Yeah, I meant to cut that out. That's my bad. James Palmer, also read the room. You got the great soundbite. What are you asking <laughs> another question for? Thanks, Chris. Good stuff. Uh, here is Frank Clark, also a James Palmer, because, again, it wasn't just Chris Jones who hated hearing all the chatter. It was Frank Clark and the whole team. I don't know who the hell they think they was calling this borough head. I don't know who the hell they thought they was talking about they was going to finish us off. They're going to take their bum ass back to Cincinnati. Man, they came to Chiefs and got their ass stumped off. I don't know what number one did it. I told him to holler at me. I don't know what the bank. I told him all holler at me. I told him last year they ain't get my best. I told him this year they barely got my best. I told him with the playoffs though, I'm the fucking king. They gotta holler at me every fucking game. Let's go. So they played the chip on the shoulder, burrowhead pissed us off thing. I, here's my only thing, and I got a couple more things of audio I want to get to. I I do kind of find some of this funny. I know it's sportsmanship. It's it's competitiveness. It's it's on a level that we don't understand as non-athletes. You won by a field goal, okay? The game was just, it was one possession was better than the other possession, and one got a punt return without a block of the back call. Like, mm-hmm. I'm also not going to act like I watched a game where Kansas City beat the living hell out of Cincinnati there. <laughs> and so I find it funny, like, when a team wins that way, and it's like, all week we've been here, and it's like, you guys won on a field goal. It wasn't like you won by 20 points and sent a real message that's a make or break game. It's like, hey, this play was called or it wasn't called. And eh, I don't know. I think it's great. It's good audio. But I also kind of find it funny when they act like they went and just beat the crap out of the other team when he won by a field goal at the buzzer. I, I'm going to actually take because I think you're spot on, but I'm going to take it and you'd say that's why they were so pissed this last week. Because there's this notion out there that Cincinnati owns Kansas City. They had won three in a row. He's one of the few quarterbacks to beat Patrick Mahomes three times. What was the final score all three of those games? They won every game by three. By three. Yeah. And Kansas City led in the fourth quarter of all three of those games. Right. And so I, I think there was a certain aspect of you're, you're, not, you're spot on. Like, you didn't blow anybody out. But I think Kansas City looked at this like, wait a minute. <laughs> Has Joe Burrow won a Super Bowl? No. Because our guy's got a ring. Mm-hmm. Has Joe Burrow been to five straight AFC championship games? Because our guy is now in his fifth straight AFC title game, all of them at home. Like, I, I think there was a certain aspect of before we crown them, shouldn't they win a championship? And it did feel like last week was a bit of a crowning for Cincinnati. And unfortunately, their offensive line, I think, ultimately doomed them in this game. Um, but it, all, all four of these games have been classics. They've been field goal games. Kansas City very easily could have won the first three that were played, including last year's AFC title game. Cincinnati very easily could have won that game yesterday. That's the exciting part for me is that, you know, we said it last week. I'm hoping that it ends up coming to fruition because I want to watch 30 more of these, man. I, I want this game every year in the regular season. I want this game every year in the division round of the AFC title game because they're two great teams. There's clearly some animosity that's brewing between the two of them, seeing how, how Kansas City responded to it. This has the chance to become the next great rivalry in the NFL, and I'm here for it because I thought it was a great game. Here was uh, Mahomes in the post game with CBS and Tracy Wolfson, and Travis Kelsey interrupts him and take a listen. Oh, thank God, man. <laughs> He's trying to thank God. You can see how awkward that is for Mahomes. I want to thank God. We kicked your ass. He's like, I'm just trying to thank Jesus, man. And then when he leaves, Mahomes goes right back. And he's like, I just want to thank God. He helped me get healthy this week. And finally, 
Pat Mahomes was interviewing the post game, but not the junior, the senior. Take a listen to this. I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out, and I'm just glad he did it. I always wondered why Patrick Mahomes sounded like like a Cajun kind of accent. Now you know. I'm smoking on this Joe Burrow. <laughs> I love that he calls it a Joe Burrow. They took it personally, man. Even they Mahomes did. himself, after thanking God and Travis yeah. Kelsey interrupting him, he said, I'm not going to go smoke a cigar, but yeah. we're going to go have fun. Like, yes, he did. They took it personally for the last week, and that's good. That's good for sports when you have that. Uh, let's talk more about the Chiefs, who are headed back to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years after their fifth straight AFC crown. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this game and the Chiefs next on the fans. So uh, Cincinnati falls to Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium, not Burrowhead Stadium. As it comes down to the wire and a final field goal. I, I don't know how you don't help but feel for Joseph Osai, the linebacker yeah. for the Bengals, who pushes Mahomes after Mahomes takes one foot out of bounds and that shove costs them 15 more yards, and then that sets up the uh, field goal, in which, you know, it wasn't a given that that field goal will go in. That ball is probably feeling like a rock. It's 40 yards. Also didn't ice him. They had a timeout left, and they decided not to call it with eight seconds to go. I thought that was interesting. But Butker nails it, and, you know, even without that penalty, the way he kicked that ball, it looked like it would have been good 15 yards further back. <laughs> it did, yeah. Uh, so maybe it wouldn't have mattered at all, but he clearly he tweaks his ankle or his knee on the sidelines, and then... You know, they show him, and he's he's just crying unconsolably. They caught Jermaine Pratt, his teammate, walking in the locker room and was, like, screaming, why the F would you hit the quarterback? Eh, I mean, guys are mad. Guys are emotional. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad teammate thing. I just think that's the moment. Um, but you kind of I, – I felt for him because such a such a big play, it didn't – to me, it didn't win or lose the game. I know you could say it did, but – Cincinnati had the ball before they gave it back to Kansas City, and they couldn't they, they couldn't pick up a first down when they needed to. Uh, I didn't like that there was no block in the back called on the punt return there for Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. And I think we would have got overtime had that been called, uh, but it wasn't. And Kansas City went down the field, and they got the extra yardage, and they get the field goal and go to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you. I like I, I hate when we when we boil it down to one player, one player causing the outcome of a game. You, you feel horrible for the kid because he's I mean he's early in his NFL career. He's playing his ass off. He's trying to chase down Mahomes. That's a big scramble, big scramble late in that game, trying to get him in bounds. It was third down. Like you're just trying to make a play, and then next thing you know, you're on the sideline. Your miles going a million miles an hour a minute, and you, there's a little late contact there. It was the right call. I mean, both his legs were out of bounds. Both his feet were out of bounds. And he made contact with him, and you know he ended up rolling into the bench. Like you got to call that foul if you're an official. But I'm glad that you brought up the two drives previous to that. I mean, Cincinnati threw an interception. That second one, the Burrow threw in a double coverage. Not necessarily a horrible throw. I like he was lobbing it up to his guys, and they were making plays for him all night. Like give T Higgins a chance to go get it. It was an incredible play by Kansas City secondary. After that interception. Kansas City moved the ball for, what, seven, six, seven plays, had to punt it right back to you, and you got a chance to go win the game. Here you go. Here's your moment. Go win the football game. Two minutes of the game. There Two minutes is. to go. Joe Cool, go get the job done. And it's I'm not putting it on him. He had three offensive linemen out, and he was under siege the entire game. But they picked up about 20 yards and had to punt it right back to Kansas City. So their offense had opportunities twice in the fourth quarter, one with about six minutes left, the other one inside two minutes with a chance to go win that game, and they didn't get it done. The game never boils down to one player, one bad penalty. You 
feel horrible for the kid for making it. It ended up giving Kansas City a better shot at a field goal at the end, but their offense had two shots in the final six minutes, and they couldn't get anything done. The third and nine play was, um, I know you had to watch it because you were doing the Winterhawk game, so you went back and watched it later. When you watched it, was it odd listening to it? Because, again, I had to listen to this <laughs> muted, Yeah, and I watched the third and nine play, saw they were short, Saw it fourth down. Then I saw like a conversation happening on my phone. Like, eh, what's happening? And I didn't have subtitles on. So I'm like, what is what are they? <laughs> Zach Taylor's losing his mind. I was so confused what was happening in that moment. Talk about a bad moment for Tony Romo, too. He was incredibly confused as well. So I I, I did I got home last night. I ended up this game, I think I got done watching it at like eleven thirty last night. Because I wanted to soak up the whole thing. It was a great game and I didn't know what the score was. I avoided my phone all day. I was so excited to get home I and watch this game. Almost shot a text and I went, No, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have seen it because I, I had my phone. All notifications were off. I, there's no chance I would have seen it. I was I was occasionally fast-forwarding between, like in the in-between space between plays. And so they get that stop on third down. I hit fast-forward. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, why is the white hat official on my TV talking to me? And then all of a sudden Kansas City's offense is running back onto the field. I'm like, okay, let's hit rewind and figure out what's going on here. And it, I, look, probably controversial, but it was the right call. So the the second down play was an incomplete pass. Yeah. They had this is the refs screwed up in two parts. One, they misspotted the football and then they had to come in and respot the football because it was off by a couple of yards. Somehow the sky judge saw it and said you got to move the football. God. But when the official backed up, this is before the 3rd and 9 play, he backed up and he said the play clock and the game clock will start on my whistle. And they blew the whistle, and the game clock started running. Again, the second down play was an incomplete pass. You can't run the clock on an incomplete pass. So it was a clerical issue on the part of the officials. And I get Cincinnati's anger there. But eventually the broadcast, they didn't do it right away, but eventually they show one of the back judges 30 to 40 yards down the field is running onto the, on, into the play before the ball is snapped, but nobody could hear it. And so that ended up being super controversial. But in the aftermath, I thought they explained it perfectly fine. They they ran the clock off of an incomplete pass. They shouldn't have done that. They noticed it, and you wasted about nine seconds of game clock that shouldn't have ran off. That, I mean, you can't allow that to happen in a game. It's unfortunate was it was so loud and nobody heard it, and then it felt like they got a free th- another third down out of it. Um, but that that ultimately was the right call. They just they made a clerical error in spotting the ball, and the official when he reset it after spotting the ball said start the game clock. Game clock shouldn't have been running. And fortunately for them too, because you never want that moment where a play happens and the coaches I. Rate. Unfortunately for them, the Bengals got to stop, so it didn't actually Not matter. On the next play, that escalated things when Eli Apple holds on. The third. Well, <laughs> but that was again, that was a clear. Cincinnati felt like they got screwed. But they ended up punting on that possession. So you know, it's kind of we talk about it, but it it didn't necessarily dictate yeah. all that much. I I just they get that win. Mahomes has the bum ankle. Chris Jones is an absolute maniac. And they're back in the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Their fifth straight AFC championship appearance and another AFC crown. Mahomes reportedly in the locker room uh, was really not celebrating this. That he was walking around basically saying, job's not done. Job's not done. He knows it. Last time he went, he got his ass kicked in the Super Bowl. It's always fun to watch the team finally win 
a conference championship in a sport and see them react, whereas the guy who's done it multiple times is like, I don't care about this. This trophy is irrelevant. <laughs> this doesn't mean anything. I, yeah. You know, I, I did feel really bad for Joe Burrow because I thought you know, the, the first pick wasn't great on his part. That wasn't a, that wasn't Very a great throw. Very big underthrow, yeah. Uh, it it kind of looked like Higgins gave up on the, on the route too a little bit. There was just a weird miscommunication there. The second one, again, I don't mind giving Higgins a chance to go up and make a play because he caught a touchdown pass in double coverage where he just out-jumped the corners. Yeah, I, we'll talk about a high right? point of a ball. That was an incredible catch. He had another one where he just lobbed up to Jamar Chase. They went for it on fourth and six. You're like, wait, are they actually doing this? That was a ballsy throw. Fourth and six, he just lobs it up, and there's Jamar mm-hmm. Chase making a play for you. I, he, I, he had a couple of throws in that game that just your jaw dropped to the floor. He had one that hit Jamar Chase on the helmet on a corner route that Chase couldn't get around, and the defender was in his way. Like, you hit a dude 40 yards down the field in a helmet. That's insane. He had one on their, uh, I think their second field goal, um, or maybe it was their first field goal, but he had one basically it was a wheel route to the corner of the end zone. To Hayden Hurst. To Hayden Hurst, just part, just right, right there in the, in the bread basket. And again, it would have been an incredible catch. He couldn't come down with it. I felt like he was in, outside of that first pick maybe, uh, he was in control throughout most of that game. He just didn't have any help from an offensive line. Yeah. He didn't have the run game that he had last week. They ran the ball down Buffalo's throat and could pick up six, seven yards whenever they wanted to. Kansas City took that away. They controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. Uh, but he, he played a great game and he's going to be on the big stage a bunch going forward. But I do think it was a reminder to everybody, like, 15's the best there is, and and he showed it again yesterday. Uh, here was Travis Kelsey on the stage. He wanted to give a shout-out to the Cincinnati mayor who had some pretty viral comments on Friday go around uh, calling Patrick Mahomes his son. Uh, here was Travis Kelsey's response to that mayor. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. (laughs) (laughs) We got a jabroni. I mean, he is a when he grabbed the mic from Mahomes too after the game. He's a w, he's a WWE wrestler. Why are all the tight ends WWE wrestlers? Kittle, Kelsey. I just feel like they're all kind of. I feel like Hayden Hurst has this woo! a little bit. They're, yeah, they're just yeah. kind of the woo boys. <laughs> just grabbing the Ric Flair mic and we're going to town, man. <laughs> jabroni. Haven't heard people use Jabroni in a while. We should really... bring Jabroni back. You like Jabroni? I like Jabroni. It feels a little dated, <laughs> but also. Like you remember in the context in which it was used back in the day, and you're like, oh, oh, that's a good insult right there. I want to bring like the suck it chop back too. That needs to be a thing again. Do people do that anymore? I feel like that does need to return. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, was a, that was a good diss. Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate <laughs> gesture of just like, shut it. You shut your mouth. Travis Kelsey telling the uh, mayor of Cincinnati uh, that he's a jabroni. Uh, well, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Our Super Bowl matchup is uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City. The two one seeds get through the uh, AFC and NFC playoff picture, and now they're gonna they're destined to meet. What storyline will annoy you the most? Kelsey versus Kelsey, Ooh. Andy Reid versus Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts was a backup and got benched by Tua and overcame <laughs> it to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. All of the above, or the Patrick Mahomes legacy talk. Where does this put him in the pantheon of great quarterbacks? <laughs> what will this do for his legacy? I, it might be the legacy thing. Really? I think that might do it. For I me. think the Kelsey Kelsey thing's gonna wear me down. They don't play on the same like they play on the same side, so they'll never face each other on the field. Yeah, no contact will be made, no hits, no. See, tackles. I think yeah. the Kelseys though are bright enough to embrace it and continue to give you fresh stuff all week. The Reed thing facing his former team is going to get old because Andy's not going to. Oh, he's gonna give you squat. 
Yeah. And he already has. He yeah. already said yeah. like he, he loved Philly yeah. and he had great 14 years and bring it on, Philly. But Let's you know go. the media is <laughs> not going to drop it. Like the Kelseys will figure something out. Like they might talk and say, how do you want to do this? And let's have some fun and let's screw with the media. But you'll get fresh stuff every time there's a microphone in front of them. The Reed stuff is going to get so old so fast. What about the Hurts angle, though? I'm already kind of tired of it. He was benched for two. It's like, yeah. And then he went to Oklahoma and he had a great year. <laughs> yeah. And he played himself into a you know higher pick than many thought he would be. Um uh, I don't. He threw 120 yards. Yeah, and it was all Jalen Hurts. I don't think that's like, going to. I, I don't think you're going to get too much of that. I think you might get some early on, but Hurts won't. Hurts won't. He won't play into what the media mm. is doing, um, and eventually he'll just stop talking. He just won't answer questions. I don't know how to feel about him cat. either. Like I'm happy for him. I'm rooting for him, and. I don't know how to feel about him as a quarterback. I think it's completely fair. He's a great story. He seems like a good dude. Really like good dude. Easy guy to root for he's, in that he's regard. He's one of the best leaders, I think, in the NFL. Sure. Do I, you think he is a good leader? See, that's the other thing. Yeah. Why do we think that? I, I think I he, think it's Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. and yeah, they got a lot of guys on that team that won a Super Bowl in 2018 <laughs> that have been around a long time. Jason Kelsey yeah. might be their best player. Like, I just, I don't Lane know. Johnson, I, like, they, they had the whole dog thing. Yeah. They won with Nick Foles four years ago, five I, it, years ago. It's interesting, right? I, I ask you that. Because like, I you think he, I, obviously the quarterbacks, to a certain extent, all set the tone for, I mean, we saw with Russell Wilson, when your quarterback is not in the same mindset as the rest of the team going in there. It just But doesn't falls it strike apart. you as a bit of a ish in the sense of he's good? That, no, I don't think so. I, I, no, no, no. The play. What, I, what yes. I mean, though, is when oh. he was a Seahawk, when they were successful, you wouldn't have. You, well, yeah. We weren't saying Russell was But I think Jalen Hurts is the first one to tell you that, yeah, the defense is great. We run the football. Our offensive line is amazing. I, I think he deflects stuff, and it, there's a bit more authenticity with him than what Russell gave you. Mm. I'll think of a poll question. I, I was trying to think of that one last night, and I couldn't wrap my brain around what what kind of poll question to put with Jalen Hurts. Like, do I go with the play and where he is at that position? To versus me, that's the, rest? the looming. That's the looming because Hurts also is all about football. He's not trying to do seventeen different other things. No, he's different from Russ in that regard. Well, let's Unless give it a couple years. Sierra, yeah, Russ wasn't in his first two yeah. years, and then you know. But you, the leadership thing, you say that out loud, and I'm like, I don't, why do we, why, why should I think that he is the leader? I don't know if he's even the top three leader on that team. They're carried by some good veterans on that team. Yeah, I also think it's easier to step in as a young quarterback to a role that there's a lot of talent around you. And you have a lot of help. I think it's different when right. you're trying to cobble something together from a worst organization in the league as a number one overall pick, and you got to be the vocal guy in the locker room. You got to be the rallying leader. That's not an easy thing to do. I, I don't want to take anything away from Hurts. He has filled in great, and they clearly weren't the same team when he got. Her. They were 0 2 with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Yeah, what, 13 and, or no, they would have been. Uh, I think they were 13 and 1 with him, or 14 and 1, 14 and 1 whatever yeah. the numbers were. Um, but I, to me, to the question of his play, that's the biggest looming question for the next two weeks. What do you get? What are you going to get from Hurts, and how is he going to look? And what do you do even going forward if you're Philly? If he wins the Super Bowl, do you give him a big time contract extension? Because I don't know if I would. Yeah, no, well. Okay, so that's fat. I don't. I don't know if they'll have any choice but to do that. And I think they might not have a choice, but I don't know if I'd do it. I don't know if I'd do it. I don't know. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, let's talk about the officiating a little bit from this week. And I thought both games again. Not that the officiating won, but I thought the officiating was really awful. So we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, more from this past weekend next. Certain spring on the fan. All right, I got a lot of other things in the notes, including uh, I think I found my hero. 
We can uh, lighten the mood a little bit and get to that in the final hour. The Blazers suck again. Two Jerry games. Jones is self-sabotaging his own franchise. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Kellen Moore's out? What are we doing? People were ready to give you crap for abandoning the fandom because they <laughs> thought Dallas doing? might go on a run. They lost early again, and uh, here they if are anything, doing something. I'm just shedding, <laughs> shedding more highlight on why at this point. I can't take it anymore. Just I will, can't take it I will anymore. say, I know, and I, I don't know for 100% certainty. I feel very confident that Jason Swigard in his fandom free agency is going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa. I, f- I feel I f- like if I'm I'm a recruiting analyst right now, I'm like a 24-7 guy. Are you crystal balling or are you just saying I'm right crystal now? balling. I'm giving him a, a 78% chance to commit to the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought crystal balling was like you're basically saying, I see what it is. No, it's just a prediction. It it's is. just a prediction, and there's different levels of numbers you can put on it. So you can okay. put a crystal ball that's like a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, an 8 yeah. out of 10. I'm going to give you a 78, 7.8 out of 10. Okay. And I'm I'm happy, though. That they lost, if that ends up being the case, for the bandwagon that, purposes, that would, have, that would have been a rough look. He's if still going to get it. I, he's still going to get it. The conference sure. championship this year. They were in the Super Bowl last year. No doubt. They were one of the worst franchises of my adult life. <laughs> no doubt. There's nobody wearing paper bags anymore. Now he's going to jump on. <laughs> they're not the Bungles anymore. I get it. But it's a much different and harder sell if they if they're coming off a Super Bowl win and he's on the show in like April. Like, yeah, I'm a Bengals fan now. You're like, oh God, really? So I'm glad. I know that it doesn't change a ton because they're going to be great for a long time. But for his fandom purposes, I'm glad. So that they I lost. think uh, I'm looking at whenever. When does NFL free agency open up? Like March or something? Dude, you have pushed this back every single time. <laughs> you you've set talked about a date. This. You no, just started randomly. No. Yes, you did. Don't no, even try to say that you, you didn't. Did it. Pull no, no, the no, 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 after conference championship, and here you are. When does free agency start? March 13th is when free agency begins. That seems like an appropriate time. <laughs> There you go. I just, I'm, I'm for his fandom, because I, I, I got I'm, my crystal ball's in. I think it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe I end up being wrong. So can we set a swag fandom deadline the way there's a deadline for the free agency period? Can we do that for your fandom? Can, this- we, can we get a date on the books? <laughs> Like, specifically on the air. Can he's, you say a date? He's, he's going to pick a date and watch him be at the WCC tournament in March <laughs> for like two weeks. Not back in time. Ah, we got to postpone. No, no, no. I'll be back by then. He's the new Cormani McLean. Last second, he's going to back oh, out God. from signing. I don't know. There could be a new team. Uh, this needs to be a full production, though. I'm just stating that. We need to, sure. purchase, we need to purchase hats. Yeah. There needs to be a video, yeah, a table. Fun. Okay. Maybe we'll live mascots of some of the teams. Sure. I Maybe we live stream it on our Instagram page or something, and people can watch you choose. Choose your fandom. Whatever. I want a uh, Bengal tiger in here. You know, I want. Let's go. Like a real tiger. Uh, a real tiger. Can we get a buffalo? I don't know if I got. We're, we're gonna have to talk to the Oregon Zoo. That's the only places I know. There's a tiger around. Swags fandom brought to you by the Oregon Zoo. Oh so, my god. So maybe we go. Maybe we go out. Have the announcement out there, and I'm just wandering around, and then I get. Uh, you know. Take up a uh, position at whatever <laughs> exhibit. You said free agency's March 13th? Uh, March 13th is when it opens. March 13th at noon. What what day is that? A Thursday? Oh, I'll, I'll look okay, it up. Sorry, no, I think that's on. a Monday. How would you know that top of your head? That's, uh, the, it is a Monday. Because the 17th is Friday, <laughs> and that's my mom's birthday. Oh, okay, okay. So you, okay. What happens if, what, why don't we do it Monday? March what? 13th. Monday okay. the 13th, put it on the calendar. Swags fandom will go. be decided. Is official? Yes. March 13th, yeah. fandom is picked. Okay. okay. I get so back the- from Scottsdale on the 12th, so I'll be back in time. Oh, that's perfect. Right. Look at that. We're all here.
Super so Chan. now, do we do it on the show or do, do, do we, as we mentioned, we need to have a little production we'll meeting. Have a, we'll see. talk about that yeah, behind we'll the scenes. Yeah. We'll figure that out behind the scenes. So you got, you, you got a little less than three months or two months to figure this out. Okay, so that's where we're at. Mm. Um, I want, let's start getting into some of the officiating. Cincinnati feels like they got jobbed. Mm. Is it a valid complaint? Oh, there were some really bad calls and missed calls in that game. I, the whole, like, jobbed. When you say jobbed, you're kind of inferring the game was swayed because of swayed officiating. Yeah. specifically. Bad calls, missed calls, absolutely. I don't know if I can fully say it was swayed no. to Cincinnati losing the game. I will say there was an egregious... The play where Osai pushes, pushes Mahomes, mm -hmm. th there is a blatant block on the far side of that play if you sure. go rewatch it. The punt return with Sky Moore that gets the Chiefs great field position where they only need about 15 yards. There's an egregious miss block in the back on that run. So, like, those two instances, even though they did the right thing, the allowing a play to happen and be done and not and then go back during the next play it was really confusing. That yeah. is horrific. Um, uh, I thought Philly, the intentional grounding call was right, though. I'm okay with the intentional grounding. Yeah. Sure, intentional grounding. He like, threw yeah. the lineman's foot. There was nobody there was within no... like five yards. Yeah. I don't even know if the ball got to the line of scrimmage. It definitely did not get to the line of scrimmage. So, no, I wouldn't say no, it's I don't have swayed. an issue with that one. The clock stuff is that's unforgivable. I don't think it affected the ultimate outcome of the game, but that crap can't happen. It cannot happen, yeah. At this point in the season. Yeah. Not if these are, you know, the most, the best officiating crews during the regular season according to the league that crap can't happen at this point yeah i thought there was too much we're not talking about the other game either and i know why it was a blowout it didn't matter i i yeah i you know but it kind of does in the sense of i thought in both games way too much laundry in the yes. nba they let the physical stuff go a little more and I always kind of felt like the nfl did that to a certain extent now like eli apple being called for hold that's a hold uh, the interception that was negated from Kansas City. That was early contact. That was early contact. In yeah. the moment, I didn't think it was. But then you see the replay, and you're like, yeah, that's clear. That Those are good calls. I just felt in both games, way too much laundry, way too much seeing the officials, hearing the officials, waiting for them to confer what the call was. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I did not like the officiating this weekend. I won't go as far to say it dictated the outcome. Sure. But like fourth and three in Philadelphia, again, it's a butterfly effect that you can't rewrite. But if San Francisco gets off, like it's just a different feel. If you, yeah, if you get a stop on that fourth down early in the game, the momentum coming out of the just field, different, the play man. calling yeah. could be different where maybe Brock Purdy right. doesn't get sacked. Like it is, a, you don't know how Philly the Philly could end up winning that game. Yeah. And I give Philly all of the credit in the world, but like even not buzzing down in the booth on a pivotal fourth down call. That's egregious. This is a $14 billion league. Why are we still bad at this? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. How about the one, too, that they overturned with the, the who, was it Sky Moore that, or was it Hardman? Who reached out for the first down? Oh, it was Hardman. Was it Hardman? No, it was uh, MVS. MVS. That was one I was like, I hated were that turning that? I'm maybe moving it forward, but we're giving them a first, a first down. down. Yeah. I, that I, was one I was like, eh. Because you didn't have a right down the line shot. <laughs> also, I mean, hell of a play to reach out. He got close. Yeah, but, but here's my other definitive part. Definitive to give him a first down. When, when a guy gets tackled in the backfield, let's say he tackles him, he swings him down, he loses an additional three on the tackle. 
we always give forward progress. Right. Everything is a benefit to the offense in <laughs> right. football. It's never the defensive guy took the quarterback and threw him three yards back, and that's where the ball is. It's like, no, his forward progress was six yards up. I hate this. I hate this extend the ball out as you're being tackled, and that's your spot. Your entire body's three yards back. <laughs> it's stupid to me. I've never liked it. Even when it's benefited my team, I'm like, this is so like Russell Wilson's the king of this. He runs out of bounds, yeah, puts the arm forward, but he puts his arm forward yeah. like two yards, and you're like, "Well, that's a first down." And you're like, "No, he ran no. out of bounds short of the sticks, man." <laughs> Can we stop with this forward progress with extending of arms? I don't like that. What'd you make of the officiating this weekend? Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. Very controversial. Bengal fans not happy. Uh, I mean, look, the Eagles blew out the Forty ers so I, I think Niner fans would have complained had that been a close game. But then you look up at the end, you're like, "All right, we didn't have anybody to throw a football." So. What are we going to complain about the officials for? But what'd you make of it? A couple other storylines from this weekend. Got some other stuff to get to in the final hour of the show, but some more on the divisional round coming up next on Well, Nickelback Fridays was so popular, we had to bring in Nickelback Mondays. So happy. Welcome in. Nickelback Mondays. Nickelback Mondays. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, We were talking about the officiating. And did it sway the outcome of Kansas City, Cincinnati? I'm, I'm a hard no on that. I was curious what your guys' thoughts were. Couple thoughts here at the text line. Um, our Bengals P1 has chimed in. Oh no, rough Monday for yeah, you. Not I, a good Monday. We've all been there as a fan where your team loses a game like that. So, I'm I'm there right now. My team yeah. didn't have a quarterback for an entire game, so you can imagine how I felt watching that. My daughter went, "Why are you still watching this?" I go, "Because <laughs> you wait to the final whistle on a season like this. You des- they deserve your attention." After this, that was a great year for San Francisco. It was a great year. And so if you're a fan of your team, even yeah, you when they're in that spot, the ship, you man. go down with it, man. I will say this. There's, there's an age-old <laughs> question of would you rather your team lose in close fashion or blowout fashion in a big game? And I've always been the – I've always answered blowout fast. Like the heartbreak of losing at the last second is so painful. I disagree with that. Sure, that's yeah. fine. But I, what I will say is the caveat of getting blown out with the what if of quarterback staying healthy, that's the worst. Because you didn't get an accurate picture of what that game would have been. And, again, you don't know if San Francisco wins. You don't know if Philly blows them out. Maybe they do. But you'll never know what the outcome of that game would have been if the 49ers had a functioning quarterback. And that's like if you if you the 49ers get killed in that game and it's 31 seven, it sucks. But at least you can live with it like, all right, we just we got our ass kicked. We got to the NFC title game. We had a seventh round pick, a quarterback, and we got our ass kicked. What do you want? But now you're left with the what if he stayed healthy? What if he didn't get hurt? What if that play didn't happen? What if it was just an incomplete pass and his arm didn't get hit? He stays in the game. Do you win? We'll never know. It's a weird game to play, too, because it's football. <laughs> like part yeah. of that game is just like largely the healthier team tends to have the most success when you get to this point of the season. How do you not play that game, though? And I, You're going to play it all off season. Incredibly, probably a biased question, I guess, to ask here, but, like, Philadelphia, you're telling me that whole stadium is 100% confident the way they were at the end if the Niners have healthy, competent quarterback playing? I, I don't know. Their defense kept a minute. That game was the entire game close longer than I thought it would be. Yes, it was. And even in the NFL, like a twenty-one-seven game, you largely know it's done because Josh Johnson's quarterback still fourteen points. You're like, what if the Niners got like a strip sack or yeah, you get a pick six, something could happen. You just never know yeah. at any one point. And then when you get to what was it, twenty-eight, you're like, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a definite wrap. Even though I kind of felt like twenty-one-seven was no so. forward pass there. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. What, um, did, the, what did the Bengals P one? Our Bengals P one texted in. Hold on, we just had a few that. 
came in so yeah. jumbled. Uh, no, it's just frustrating to get to this point in the season and see crappy level of officiating. Yeah, I'm with that. That's a pretty level-headed thing. Yeah. You know, there were there were undoubtedly calls that went against Cincinnati. Uh, like we just mentioned, the overturn of the first down. It would have been a fourth and short, and they gave them the first down on the on the reach out of the ball. Maybe moving it closer so they might pick it up with a quarterback sneak. I did not think there was undisputable evidence to overturn that from fourth and one to first and ten. And Zach Taylor had a right to be upset about that. Somebody texted in the Bengals had the ball with two minutes and 40 mm-hmm. seconds left, and they failed. Yes, yep. Destiny was in their hands, yep. even after all the BS that they went through. And a call didn't change that drive. That was just they could not no, execute. They just couldn't execute. Couldn't block Chris Jones. That was a big problem for them. Uh, let's see here. Not a fan of either team, so I'm objective here. Terrible calls and missed calls cost the Bengals the game. It's easy to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, people are going to come at this from different lenses. And, and part of it, too, is um, – Part of it, too, is the gambling interest, right? Maybe I'm viewing this the way that I'm viewing it because I had a big ticket on Kansas City to win the game at minus one and a half. So I'm you know, I'm excited when some of these calls are going my way. That's a part of it. We all view it through a different lens. I just I, I try and not oversimplify the outcome. And I think it's what you got to earlier with the penalty on Mahomes. It's like, sure, it, you can boil it down to one play if you want and say that one play cost you the game. They had a million chances throughout the game. Burrow threw two picks. They had horrible drives. Their offensive line was atrocious for the first, the majority of the first half. Joe Burrow, they had zero yards of offense at the end of the first quarter. They were out game like 120 to zero. They were incredibly fortunate that wasn't a 14 nothing game. I just, stalled in the red zone early. Stalled in the red zone. For a field goal yeah, at 6-3. Just, like, those are possessions that you look back and you go, well, you didn't execute here. Right, and then you get to the end of the game, it's like, well, that yeah. call cost it's like, well, you could have scored a touchdown on that drive. Hmm. You had the ball twice in the fourth quarter, and you I, couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, here's my thing. Like, it, it, it's we can talk about the bad calls, and I thought there were bad calls in Philadelphia. Um, you know, they also have to deal with a fight with Trent Williams. How Maybe, about that choke slam? We haven't geez, talked about that yet. I mean, you you want an idea of how strong and big that dude is? <laughs> he body slam or he choke slammed a guy that's you know, 40 pounds bigger than me and probably an inch or two or, or same height. Like, <laughs> chucked him like a ragdoll. Looked him like, like it was me tossing my six-year-old to the ground. It's crazy how much stronger he is than so many of those players. <laughs> my my problem is not, it's not to say, like, I've only really felt a, a, a ref dictating a game. Rams Saints. Sure. I always go back to that. Yes, the, the Saints had the ball. The Rams went in overtime. You can play that game. If there's a PI call there, which it should have been, the Saints are kicking the field goal, they're in the Super Bowl, okay? That's, like, one of the few examples I'll ever give. It was such an easy and blatant missed call, too. Right in front Not of you. Not a touch-and-go no. foul. It's like, that was blatant, it was right in front of you. But my problem with yesterday in both games, even before the first game got way out of hand, I just think big plays, if you're calling it, or, or there's a big pickup on a first down... I just feel like there's such monumental calls in that moment that you need to be taking more time with it. Now, I know, more time. These games are already long. I understand that. Fourth and three, that's too big of a possession to the start of a conference title game to not have a sky judge buzzer down and go, let's see if we have an angle to this. And they could very quickly say, no, that's a great catch. Or they get the angle Fox gave us five minutes later after the touchdown had already been scored and said, Oh, the ball's in the ground. That's an incomplete. Yeah. Take your time with that. When you call, uh, uh, use the same game. When you use the roughing the kicker call, I'm sorry, man. Watch that at any other angle. There's a blocker pushing a dude into the kicker. And by the way, didn't even hit the plant leg, which is the 15. Yeah. Hitting the kicking leg's usually a five. 
like that extended a drive. It's while Kyle Shannon was caught screaming at the official. Like those are plays that if you're refing them, you need to really consider the ramifications of non-calls or calls. And I'm not asking for 10-minute review periods here. I'm just simply stating maybe get together and go, is there a, a sky judge buzzes down? Eh, he was pushed into him. Or they can they come together and they talk and say, Well, I saw a guy get blocked into him. Or the fourth and three call. Buzzer down. Let's review this. It's worth the extra two minutes or less that this is gonna take. I, I just it's the calls and how big they are for me. Not necessarily to dictate the game. It's just like if we're making this call, we should be doing it the right way here. Make sure we get it correct. It's the final four of the sport. <clears throat> yeah, this isn't, as uh, the famous Paul Allen once said, this isn't Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Yes. And you want to yes. get it right on the biggest stage. It, it is, I think you have this brief reminder sometimes in the playoffs with the NFL that this is a multi-billion dollar industry that does not have full-time officials. It, it's, Like, yeah. just wrap your mind around that. Yeah. And the fix is incredibly easy, and they'll do it in games from time to time, and you look at it, and you're like, oh, my God, that was great. You have a sky judge. You have a sky judge that has an immediate angle of every replay. You can set this up with the technology. They already do it. They just sometimes use it, and sometimes they don't, where you get an immediate feedback while the team's huddling for the next play. Hey, did we miss something there? Was that the right penalty call? Was that a catch? And he's looking at it. You buzz down. Hey, not a catch. Hey, this needs to get reviewed. Let's hold up play. It's very simple. I, I don't know why the NFL will do it from time to time in games. You'll hear occasionally where there'll be like a catch. They'll call it a catch on the field. They'll start to move the ball up, and then all of a sudden the officials will hold on, blow the whistle and they'll move it back and say after further review it was incomplete that was the sky judge he fixed the call they did that last night yes it happens but why do we do it occasionally and not i don't know i i I would have it i would have multiple officials in the booth in every game accessing replays in real time from different screens looking at each other saying was that the right call was that not the right call was that roughing the kicker Nope. Okay. Pick up the flag. That wasn't roughing the kicker. You got the call wrong. Was that a catch? Here's an angle. The ball hit the ground. Immediately buzzed down. Not a catch. It's a very simple fix. The NFL is a billion dollar industry. They just, for whatever reason, they don't want to do it. And then we get to these moments at the end of the season and you're like, why isn't the officiating better? They don't have full-time officials, man. I saw Nick Costos of You Better You Bet. And obviously he's got betting slants here, but, and I think he was on the right side of the, the game, but he had tweeted during Kansas City and Cincinnati, he goes, that was an S show. This whole weekend was an S show. And guess what? We got, I think it's Sheffers, Sheffers, whatever the uh, referee's Carl name. Carl Sheffers. Sheffers. He's the ref for the Super Bowl. And he goes, he's one of the lead refs. He goes, bet the over on the penalties. He goes, there's a. Oh, he goes, yeah, I, there's, know, I know Sheffers. He goes, there's an early prop for you. Bet the over on the penalties. <laughs> and I'm just thinking as a sports fan, because I, I think this is going to be a good football game. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated to watch the matchup here. I'm just thinking, like, great. I might have a Super Bowl where I'm just seeing a lot of white hat on my screen. I don't want that. Let's all pray that doesn't happen, man. Uh, we got a couple more thoughts on the division around in the playoffs. We'll share them coming up in the final hour. The Blazers played this weekend. Uh, well, I mean, kind of. They they technically played a game. Uh, where are we at? And uh, they're back in action tonight. we got a poll question up on Chauncey Billups. I'm going to get to that. I found my hero over the weekend. I want to dive into that as well. Uh, it's going to be a loaded final hour, including one of the one of the dumbest weeks of sports radio that we got to do because the game isn't until two weeks from now. So you want to talk about the Super Bowl. You can't talk about the Super Bowl. Let's give some initial thoughts on this Kansas City-Philly matchup. Loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080.